The following program contains mature language and potential spoilers. Listeners be advised. Your top 10 MCU villain. Thanos. One, two, and three. Thanos, 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 Thanos. Though I do, I, I can say, no, I, don't, I, don't I, really. I really love the fact that they brought back the Red Skull. Yeah, look. That I, was such a great callback. Well, I think one of the most overrated, again, it's that preloaded bullshit. Well, I'm going to write a movie about, uh, I'm going to write an article about the Marvel Universe. The villain sucked. Too much CGI. CGI sucked. And there's a MacGuffin. Like, that's like the preloaded. Look, I, I think that a lot of these villains are really good. I, I like we were saying last week, Obadiah Stane is really good in Iron Man. Yeah. Loki's great. Thanos is great. Ego was more. fantastic. Ego's great. I mean, come on. What the fuck? A farm of superheroes Fantastic Four. Of all the villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm talking everything, the movies, the TV shows that you're familiar with, which villains do you like the best? Loki. I think that he's a villain, right? I would, I would, I would qualify him as such, yes. Okay, so I like him. Thanos, now with this movie, what other villains do we have? Well, think about the movies. Well, I didn't like the Iron Man 1 villain. I did you didn't not like Obadiah Stane? Nope. The second one, I did not like the... Whiplash. Uh, Ivan. Yeah, yeah, Venko, yeah. Venko, I did not like him. I was just like, oh, poor poor you look at you and you're making all this people suffer because oh you were poor and somebody stole your daddy's technology Plans. and stuff so it, it didn't didn't give me a story for me to feel oh yeah this is a depth character it's just one of those things like oh your parents got divorced and you're and, and you destroyed by that oh poor you fuck off yeah uh, so what about justin hammer no that's pathetic <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty pathetic. The uh, extremist people, Aldrich, Killian, and all them. The people from Iron Man 3. I don't recall the existence of Iron Man 3 movie at all. Is there an Iron Man 3 movie? So I, I guess Ditto the Mandarin then. Oh, yes, no. I tend to just forget about that movie ever existed, and I'm doing a pretty good job. So, yeah. So it's only two Iron Man movies in my book. Okay. How about Thor's villains? Well, Loki, I like. I like the Ronan guy. He's Thor? No, that's Guardians, right? Yeah. So you didn't like the Guardians movie, but you liked Ronan. I like Ronan because of the they didn't give him too much personality but it's just the physique of it like yeah, just the visuals very striking the visuals yeah and I hope you know I wish they gave him more story or more history on it but they didn't so he's going to be appearing in Captain Marvel oh cool I thought he was that it's a flashback ah okay so yeah I like him and hopefully they make more of a history with him because the whole visual the impact the, of him the character has a history with the Captain Marvel franchise so it makes sense for him to appear there okay Okay. He comes from Fantastic Four and from Captain Marvel. And since Fantastic Four is still off limits, I assume that they're going to develop him more in the Captain Marvel movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, how about Hela? Which one is Hela? Thor. Oh, the sister? Uh, nah, I didn't care too much for her. What about Ego? Who's Ego? Guardians 2. Oh, the god? Uh, he was okay. It's just like I said, Guardians, I did not like Guardians too much. So I just, I mean, he was okay, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, pretty cool. Any of the Cap or Hulk villains? Well, we don't have a Hulk movie. Well, I guess we do, but I don't know any villains on that because I did not pay too much attention. Captain America? No. Ultron? Ultron. Ultron. The robot? Eh, no. Not really. Uh, what about the TV show villains? What TV show? Uh, Jessica Jones? Oh, yeah. I like him. <laughs> what's, what's his name? Uh, Kilgrave? Yes, I uh, like Kilgrave. Yes. 
I like Kilgrave a lot. You didn't finish Daredevil, did you? So you don't really have an opinion on Kingpin, I would imagine. I think I watched the last two episodes with you, kind of half watching while we were having dinner, and I didn't know. I mean, I there, there's of, a there's a flashback episode yeah, in the when first he season. His dad. Okay, you watched that one? Yeah, that's, you still don't like him? Mm, nah, I mean yeah. it was okay, but I, I did not like too much Daredevil to actually got too much involved with it. I watched it. His uh, sweetness of it. Oh, he's in love with this person and trying to like artsy but he's all like crazy inside and stuff I like I did not care too much for it but so you're you probably share the common belief that Marvel has a villain problem since you only like a couple or three of their villains yes well because they don't give any story you need to have a background it's just like when you create the movies for the new superheroes or not when they make like a first suit the first superhero movie like the histories movie what do you call it the introduction the yeah, the origin the origin yeah when you know you you make that movie to kind of in you know in, introducing us to the superhero to giving us a story or why the things happen why there are things how they are and stuff like that but they don't give too much that to the villains the villains they just put them in there without giving them in, in, in any depth so if you don't give me any depth to the character I am not gonna give a shit about it uh, what about Yellow Jacket from Iron Ant-Man once again it didn't give me anything except that he was the mentee of the father you know but I mean why he was doing the things he was doing oh because he wanted to take over the he was a over eager person that wanted to take over the corporation I just didn't I mean yeah that's a big deal I mean you see pretty much that every day so they didn't give me any history and how about Kaiselis and Dormammu from Doctor Strange once again it didn't give too much history on it yeah okay so and that's the problem yeah they they give you like a five minutes history of it but they're not giving you too much depth to it and that's why I like Loki because throughout the movies you see they give you more history more what is there you just kind of like boom put them there you have to fight them at the end you have the big bottle boom dead Now we can do the mail. All right. So I, I should pre- explain some of these. We've got some uh, gifting of late. Most of those will turn up on the, our blog, so you can check that out. I know the Professor Frenzy did a shot of the band Madness, which uh, was in relation to the Blade coverage. And I think that Chris at Bad Books for Beginners did something similar. Bob Buster did something similar, but I don't have the stuff in front of me, so it'll turn up on the blog. Uh, Jeffrey Brown definitely did a Blade 2 related gif uh, featuring Wesley Snipes, so that was cool. And then Jeff Brown, Jeffrey Brown also talked about how the Blade soundtrack was something that uh, he enjoyed listening to while doing artwork and the like and actually did sort of a mixtape of some material that didn't make it on the soundtrack that was in the movie and I think also perhaps some material by bands that were on the soundtrack so we'll put that on the blog as well if folks want to check that out oh and uh, Matt Stacy pointed out too that his friend was part of a, the band Southside Reverb who apparently were related to the Blade soundtrack he noted that go get on this is too dope for the Pope to cope uh, and that movie soundtrack is everything it's really good dude <laughs> it's it's a, such a great snap Snapshot of when did that movie come out? Nine or it was it ninety eight? Oh, ninety eight, right? It's so great. It's such a time capsule of nineteen ninety eight where we were. Everybody was kind of into this kind of techno ish dance stuff. Like I don't know, it just it, it I don't know. It's so good as a snapshot for that time period and just on its own. I think those are really good cuts. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it also it was the first time to my recollection where you had that hybrid of rap and techno. You know, we'd seen other <laughs> hybrids before, but I think that was like a, kind of a, a big deal where they were experimenting with doing that in that particular movie on that particular soundtrack.
soundtrack. All right. And something I forgot to mention during that episode, too, is the owner of the shop that I was at, essentially co-owner by the time it was all said and done, her son fucking loved the Blade movie so much that when we were doing role-playing, he actually based his role-playing character on it. what seemed like a hybrid between Blade and that one vampire with the dreadlocks uh, that was part of like the, the uh, mafia, basically, of, of the, the vampires. And he, he was always tooling around in his truck with the fucking Blade soundtrack, if you remember. I do remember. That is correct. I remember the character's name, too. Testal. Testal. I still have that character sheet somewhere buried in a box. Good times, good times. All right, I'm going to get to Facebook likes. Welcome to the Brave Girls Podcast. My name is Hawthorne. I'm Amaryllis. And I'm Hazel. And our podcast is about we watch scary movies, we review and discuss the movie, and that I find a case in real life that's similar to the movie. And I find creepypastas and no sleep and other stories like that that pertain to or are similar to the stories and the movies that we're discussing at the moment. Yep. And that's basically it. Pretty simple and cool. To the point, boop, that's what it's about. Real quick, we're not experts. We are not professionals. We are not movie people. Nothing like that. We just like movies. We like talking about movies. We just like scary stories. We just like, you know, all the crazy stuff that humans get into. We're just into it. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. All right, well, we love you all in case we die. Have a great day. Bye, guys. I'm going to name them off for you right quick, and hopefully that'll help you fuel this. Malachi from The Dark World, The Dark Elf, Darren Cross from Ant-Man, Ronan the Accuser from Guardians, and upcoming Captain Marvel, uh, Aldridge Killian from Iron Man 3, Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2, Ivan Vanko from Iron Man 2, Emil Blonsky, The Abomination from Incredible Hulk, Kaiselis, uh, or however you pronounce that, from Doctor Strange, Ultron, Helmut Zemo, Obadiah Stane, Alexander Pierce from The Winter Soldier, The Red Skull, Vulture, Ego, Gila, hello. I was about to say. Eric Killmonger, Loki, and we're discounting Thanos unless unless somehow he's not one of your top villains. We're just going to assume. Well, he's number one, right? But yeah, and you don't necessarily. But the thing is, you don't have to necessarily give me a ranking. Although I'd prefer a ranking of of least to greatest. But if you can't do that, at least give me like a top five, a top ten, whatever, whatever numeric number you want to go for. But give me a list, at least five or as many as ten. Well, I could do five, and for me, the hard part is Thanos will be the top by by. But okay. Give me a top five discounting Thanos though, because that is too easy. Well, you you literally said the last five you did was you know Ego is fucking fantastic, Red Skull is fantastic, uh, Eric Killmonger is fantastic. Red Skull a lot over the course of our podcast. Oh, I love the Red Skull. I, I I thought he was a cool. He looked great. He was within character. I mean, there was nothing wrong with him. So who's higher, Ego or Red Skull? But then I really like the Vulture because the thing is the characters I'm picking are only again they're they're not sympathetic. They're 
only seen you, okay you're gonna call him a villain because you're seeing him from one side but the other side they're kind of somewhat sympathetic like they're, they're strong antagonists yes very much so so I don't, perhaps I don't I don't I don't that's why the best villains when you asked me earlier I was like oh we're gonna do villains then I'm gonna you know deep dive into the Marvel universe no, but then you're like no the MCU, movie universe I'm like it, it, well that's kind of hard because it, it's the 10th anniversary of the MCU we're talking about just MCU villains now I will say this I'm sorry I, I an addendum though television counts as long as it's part of the MCU so that means all the Netflix shows Freeform nah, shows, they haven't had ABC any good villains. Shows. No good villains. You don't think any of the villains from Shield were any good? Nah. Not, okay. Nothing really stands out to me. I mean, uh, what about the Netflix shows? Any of those villains do anything? No. Good? I really liked Copper, Copper Mouth. Was it Cottonmouth? Cottonmouth. I okay. liked him until they just kind of. Yeah, and then they just fucked them all up. And it was just okay. like. Um, I would have to say for me, I guess number two would be the Red Skull. Like, okay, so Thanos, Red Skull. Red Skull. I mean, he returned in fucking Infinity War. He's a bad well, motherfucker. And then I well, right he finally after, returned. You've been wishing for his return for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then I would say Ego's next because I mean, Ego three. He's okay. just, I mean, he's a dad who has a plan. It's just not the plan that uh, Star Lord wanted. I guess right after that would be the Vulture because I mean, the Vulture really also cares a about dad his, with a plan. Yeah, he cares about his family. He's just trying to support his family. And I, you know, after the Vulture, I guess I would go with. I kind of liked Baron Zemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked him because, again, it he he attacked the Avengers in in a way that no one else would think to do it. Like to come at him from the inside to 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 release this information. Because I love the whole thing about the movie is when you get near, near the end of the movie and you think, oh, it's. It, they're gonna. He's gonna release a bunch of Winter Soldiers all over the world, and they go undercover and they can topple a government within a night. And he's like, "No, fuck that! I want Tony to see the truth. I want them to see what they really are." And then he turns them all against each other. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. And then he was gonna he was gonna off himself. He's like, "After I fucked you, I'm gonna take myself out. I'm good." And Panther stops him. And I just I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, so can you take it to six since Thanos was a foregone conclusion? Let's see. Um, so let me ask you this too: Why not Loki? <sighs> Because they wish wash him too much. He's a villain. He's a hero. He's a villain. He's a, he's he's one of those characters. He's not. You can't ever call him a hero. And you can't ever call him a villain. He's an opportunist, and that's kind of weak because you can you can use him to fix the story or move the story along by well he's a hero right now but he's gonna be a villain later um if i was gonna go next i would say ronan i really liked ronan really okay yeah because he was just i mean he's one of those fanaticals that he's he's just down for the cause like i will you know he he, he's the thing about my the villains that i like is they don't see themselves as villains Mm -hmm. they don't that's why thanos was such a great character they don't see themselves as doing something bad they're just they're trying to do something to move forward ego I mean, all of them are trying to do something. But when you look at villains to me, then you start looking at like the Dark Elf and all them dudes. And those were like real villains. I didn't particularly care for them. They 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 weren't. They were wasn't he trying to destroy Odin and them? And it was like, okay, that's kind of boring. Um, you mentioned another one, Hella. Um, Hella. She just wanted to destroy shit. She wasn't really. There was no. There's a greater plan to this. Like I'm trying to move this forward. It was all about. I want. I. I. It's that that old. Uh, Make Asgard great again. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, no. It's that whole thing that to me kills a villain is I want to rule the world. Okay, you rule the world now. What happens? And you're like, um, like they don't have a plan after the world is ruled. I mean, Thanos literally just says, "Oh, after I'm done, I'm just gonna go sit down and relax at a farm." You know, ego. I just want more people like me. I'm alone. I'm lonely. Yeah. Like they all have their reasons, justifiable reasons for the shit they do. Um, Why not Killmonger? Yeah, Killmonger was like he'd be on my list as well. 
Okay, so before Raph, where would he be on the list? Uh, seven? He, he would probably be right. I would say he, um, he and uh, who did I have last? You had a Ronan. Ronan. Him and Ronan, same thing. Okay. They're doing it for their people. They want to free their people. Who would you, their who people, would you rank who, the people who they feel are being oppressed. Because that's what Ronan thought too. That his people were being oppressed. That his culture was being wiped out. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, these are guys are doing it because they they feel that th- what they believe what they are is being lost or destroyed. So let's you know. So because you name dropped Ronan first, I'm assuming he'd be foremost of uh, yeah. Because he came. He, I would say because he's been out longer. Um, that's why I always hate when people are like, "Oh, Marvel has weak villains." I'm like, "No, these are pretty compelling villains." I mean, they have they give they you a reason. It, it's 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 not fucking doomsday punching shit and that's it yeah, and it's yeah, fight or or it's not fucking even Zod was pretty weak the way they I mean, the old movies yeah the more in the more recent the old, one yeah I like the the, yeah. the old one was well no because the old one was the whole thing I want to rule the world right okay. but, but the performance was so strong yeah that it, Neil it before Zod and again it was a more black and white universe you know yeah so I I think the performance is compelling and it, and it glossed over the shallowness of the motivation and like the abomination like, again was just well, he was jealous of the whole I want your top guys. I don't want your. Okay, I was, I was gonna yeah. say. Um, so is there even you- even uh, oh, hold on even um, the absorbing man, which I felt could have been more compelling, just wasn't. He was. I like, I like those characters really were well. more jealous of the hero, and they wanted what the hero had. And I'm like, well, that's. I don't even know. I think the absorbing man was just a simple fact of. No, he was. He, he, he was wanted. To, he wanted to change like Bruce did. Bruce could turn no, into this oh, beautiful you said monster. Absorbing man. You mean abomination? No, both of them. Abomination. Abomination wanted to destroy the Hulk. Uh-huh. So he turned. He took the super serum that was half ass. He wanted to compete. Compete. Yeah. Where the absorbing man wanted what he had. He wanted to be this beautiful creature that evolved that moved above everyone else, like surpass everyone. And both of them were just like, yeah. They didn't really do it for you. Okay. Yeah. And then one, I think maybe kind of a glaring omission is Ob- Obadiah Stane. See, uh, you know what? He needs to be on the list. Give okay, it where? Oh, he'd be up in the top three, somewhere in the top three. I can't really? give them. Yeah, because I mean, given that you forgot about him, he sure shot up. Well, with the well. So do you think he's better or worse than Zemo? Stronger, better. Or, better. Oh, dude, he's willing to sacrifice his friend's son for for the betterment. But see, again, it wasn't for the betterment of mankind. It was the betterment of the company and himself. And himself. But he still he was he saw himself and the company as one. Mm-hmm. So. By him doing better, the company does better. <sighs> what about Red Skull? Oh, Red, well, he's number two, dude. Like he's he stayed still, number yeah. two. Okay, so we, I guess we, I guess well, no, Obadiah Ob- 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 would be three, closer then. to the bottom. Obadiah would actually Obadiah would probably be for me the last of my group. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> he's chip bounce around. Okay, so he's behind Killmonger. Then, yeah, or eight. Yeah, because those people they were doing it for their people, you know, their their culture. Where he's doing it for a company. Okay, so you made it to eight. Do you think you make it to ten? You think you got two more in you? Uh, let's see who's left. Um, Grandmaster or Game Master? Sorry. Nah, he's not really a villain. He's just some. He's just kind of something to move sort the plot irritant. around. Yeah. Um. Grandmaster was the Grandmaster. Yes, Grandmaster. Game Master. Game Master. Yeah. Well, because if you're going to do that, then you could also add the Collector, and the Collector really isn't a villain. He's just yeah. something. He's just a something to move the plot along. Um, no, but the whole movie was. Jeff Goldblum was the main captor of that movie. What about Pierce from Winter Soldier? He ranked high on their Nerdist list. That I've used yeah. the basis for this. Ultron. I, nah. I knew better than even ask that nah. one. Justin Hammer. Nah. Dormammu. 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 Um, nah. they, they missed him. Even the Ant Man villain wasn't that great, which I was a little disappointed. Oh with. yeah, you can include Ghost, but you're not going. Yeah, to. either one. No, yeah. she was garbage. Dar- I, Darren Cross to me from the first Ant Man is like one of the most like Worst, just right? slot. No, I, I mean. I hate that guy. Right. Like he's, oh, so he's such a he's such a shithead in that movie. Uh-huh. He's a fucking asshole in that movie. Like and they double down. They want you to hate that guy's guts. Yeah. Like where he's even 
even blowing up the cute little shrimp. I mean, shrimp. The cute little uh, <laughs> the the sheep. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like this adorable sheep, and he's just like shaking it around. And everything. Nah. Like, well, dude, no, no, no. When he, when he when he hits they, that like, guy, quadruple down on getting you to hate that guy. Well, no. When he hits redeeming. that when he hits that guy, and it turns him into like a little little cube of meat, and he just kind of wipes uh, it with a napkin. He wipes him with yeah, dude. And it flushes in the toilet. I was like, yeah. Eh. Uh, th- there is not a villain they go out of their way to make you hate as much as that guy. Like every scene he's in, they like you want to punch the screen. He's mm-hmm. the most punchable by far. So is he on your top list? No. Okay. I'm just saying, I he was... You hated him, but you did not want to see him in a movie? No, probably okay. not. Welcome to Into the Weird, the podcast where we discuss the madness of the mighty Marvel Bronze Age. I am Grant Richter, and with me is the Lord of Darkness himself, host of the Long Box of Darkness podcast, Mr. Herman Lowe. Hi there, Grant. Nice to be here, man. As alluded by our title, Into the Weird, we're discussing the weirdness of Marvel during the late 60s and 70s and early 80s. Marvel was already weird with its main titles, like the Avengers, like Thor, but they got even weirder when it got to the 70s and the comic code relaxed and that's the stuff we'll be focusing on. Our listeners know we're not going to be touching too much on the standard Marvel superheroes. We're not going to be going too much in the Spider-Man or the Avengers or the Fantastic Mm -hmm. Four. We're going to be going into the Marvel writers doing a lot of drug stuff. Yeah, which so is the best Marvel stuff. Um, <laughs> well, for for the two of us, definitely. Bye for me. Stay weird. Stay weird, weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the mindless ones, um, I don't know if you noticed this or not. The only reason I noticed it is because I end up listening to podcast spoilers a lot, and before I ever watched the Doctor Strange movie, I listened to the Rolled Spine review of. Doctor Strange, and there is a Easter egg of the Mindless Ones at the end of the movie. No, it's when I didn't know. It's when um, 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 the bad guy, I forget his name, uh, Casellas. Uh, Cas- right, yeah, the, uh, Hannibal. Yeah, when yeah. Matt, when Matt <laughs> Hannibal and, Matt his, and his two minions, <laughs> right, get transformed by Dormammu into whatever those things are. If that they're being turned into mindless ones. Oh. If you look at it, they're be, they're be turned into rocky gray things yes. with a single glowing slit in the middle of their face. That's right. How come I never noticed that? Damn, I, I feel like if, an idiot. If now. it if if Frank hadn't pointed out on his show, I wouldn't notice. Hi, Frank. Gee whiz, man! Shout, I should shout, watch that. Shout out to Roll, shout out to Roll Spine. Oh yeah, brilliant podcast. Yep. Facebook likes Allie Bats, Derek William Crab, Clinton Robinson, Michael Allen Carlisle, Keith G Baker, Nicholas Prom, Ryan Delay, Debache, History of Comics on Film, and Richard Field. Keith G Baker on the Blade casting. Oh please, God do go! I would love to see y'all in this shit. And that's in reference to the fact that there's some Blade related bullshit being filmed here in Houston. And so there was a Facebook ad saying casting call everyone come out to get in Blade or whatever and I shared it on our Facebook page. We totally didn't go. Keith G. Baker also gave us a Google Plus like, or did he? Okay, the Hammer Strikes did on the Universal Pictures Hulk 15th Anniversary Edition 2003. We also got Follow Fridays from CJ Fox, Digest Cast, Into the Weird, and Talk Nerdy to Me. So uh, um, with quite yeah. enough sayers, we got a, uh, I, I'm not sure if I included this in our previous iTunes roundup. Uh, we have not gotten any iTunes reviews in a long while, so this was just like one straggler if, if, if if I hadn't already heard it, but it's uh, Rock is Favorite by Siskoy, gave us five stars, wrote great out-of-control repartee from three guys who don't hide their opinions. I laugh and laugh even when they ruin a movie or comic for me, and I'm saying that's a positive. <laughs> 
Uh, we also got uh, debate. Love you, Siskoid. Yeah. Uh, debate on the Dicks meme uh, gave us a John Stewart gif. You want to explain the Dicks meme? Yeah, we made a Dicks meme. It basically, it's the Drake meme we've all seen where he's saying no, no, no from the uh, fuck song is that hotline bling video. And then all of a sudden he's like, yes, for whatever it is. And you're supposed to place something that you don't want and do want within this meme. It's a fucking meme. You guys have seen this meme. It's 2018. Um, so I put talk about comics. Drake does not want that. And then it was talk about dicks. Drake does want that because all of our podcasts at some point boil down to some discussion about one of our dicks or somebody's dick or dicks or somebody's dick. It's definitely some sort of talk about. We basically enjoyed talking about dicks more than comic books. Uh, We've got that super bad fixation. Um, But also it's worth noting that I don't know if we talked about dicks at any point during our top 10 lists. However, now that we've, you know, discussed the meme, we've gotten it into this episode too. All right. The streak is alive. So um, Um, let's see. Uh, Keith G. Baker on plea to share RSP with friends. I share it with random folks in the checkout line at Target, even though I'm not buying anything. Thank you, Keith, for just soliciting our podcast to random people. I went way back uh, with Grant Richter to episode zero. He wrote, I just started listening to your podcast last night. So this is obviously a really old comment, even for an older episode. I think it's fantastic. I'm playing catch up, starting with some random topics. I loved what you said about Cap being a great substitute male role model. I can totally relate. And how the shield is such a perfect bit of paraphernalia, given how it's made to protect rather than just cause harm. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, our next comment comes from Martin Gray on 49. Siskoid have never listened to a geography podcast previously. Uh, mind, it was still interesting. What an engaging lot you are. It was really rather fascinating. I didn't know any of that stuff about the huge rivalries between Canadian provinces. I just thought plastique was a reasonable representation of Canadian ginger per- of a Canadian ginger person. Uh, and I say good on the people who ran into the woods. Cowards, never. Uh, David Fior added to that that the rivalries are real. There's a lot of space for anger to blossom in Canada, and our politics are intensely sectional. We should go and explain. This was from our episode that Cisco guest started, and we got off random, of Marvel, a yeah. random fucking tangent on Canadian politics. I think specific to Edmonton to boot. Oh, so my God. Sorry, what, to boot. How, how do we do this stuff? It's so amazing. <laughs> uh, Grant Richter wrote on episode 51, 20th Century Fox's Deadpool. Hate the character in the comics. Movie was fun. Funniest line was the break in a sex scene montage. Happy Lent. I really need to watch Deadpool again. I need to watch Deadpool too. Oh yeah, and I probably need to do that too. I know Mr. Fix-It was not super into it. You know, I wanted to check it out then. I want to check it out now, but I want to catch the full extended version. I've heard some good stuff about that one. Uh, and so and when that comes out, uh, you know, without me having to actually buy the damn thing, I'd, I'd sure. like to watch that one. Um, let me see. Grant, Grant Richter on, on episode 52, Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix season one, 2015. What? On 59? What? What happened? Here I might your, have lost uh, the comment, uh, or maybe I was just using that as a placeholder. The comment is actually on episode 59, SDCC 2016-411, which shows, again, how far back we're going on some missed comments. Uh, I was listening to an older episode of the show and heard Frank was a fan of martial law. I used to love ML back in the day. Uh, Sleep Man was extremely creepy, and I loved the one-shot Kingdom of the Kingdom of the Blind and the satirical analog of Batman. The one-shot with the 
Hero Zombies was funny, but things seemed to fall apart pretty quick after that, especially the crossover with Hellraiser. I've been listening to the older episodes, and you guys have actually sparked some interest for, in me for Namor. Uh, what do you think about his role as part of the Illuminati and any Hickman New Avengers? It also looks like John Ro- James Robinson ding the do-over button on Namor's death in Squadron Supreme. Yeah, I, I think what it was is Namor had killed a bunch of Wakandans, and then Black Panther tried to kill him, and then at some point he ran afoul of the Squadron Supreme, and they cut his head off. Um, wow, this is an old comment about older comics. Uh, I, I think that uh, Namor belongs in a group like the Illuminati. I think it's always nice when he's acknowledged as somebody who should be among the foremost characters at Marvel, given that he basically started that game. You know, he's like the original Marvel character. Um, I, I like it when he straddles the line between hero and villain. I think that maybe it goes too far when he's actually slaughtering people, though. And, uh, you know, that's that. I, I think that they maybe screwed some stuff up there in recent years with the character by making him too bloodthirsty. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the, the concept of an Illuminati in the comics, Namor fits perfectly, and I love that. Now, what they end up doing with Illuminati, I don't fucking know. I didn't read any of those comics. But as soon as I hear, hey, Namor's in the Illuminati, it makes perfect sense because the dude's allegiances and motivations are so gray to begin with. How perfect is that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just makes total sense to me, but... What they did with the comics, I didn't read any, so I can't say anything. Yeah. And uh, Martial Law, we keep promising to cover that on Under Guides. It hasn't happened yet. Do you have a copy of that? Man, I don't fucking know. I got to dig around. (laughs) Next time I get one of those uh, coupon codes for a cheap digital comic book, I need to just buy it digitally on Amazon or wherever the hell I can find it. It's available, to be honest with you. What's that? I'm not sure. I don't know if it's available. I mean, the last time it was in print, DC did did it, but it's still a creator-owned book, and so they'd probably have to cut a separate deal at Comixology, and it's because Comixology is Amazon, well, maybe because it's Amazon, it it was uh, iTunes that was having the problem with adult content, right? Maybe. Yeah, because there's some adult content in martial law comics, just a smidge. Yeah, but, or, you know what, maybe I should look for some cheap-ass eBay auctions where I can find some beat-up copy, because you don't want to give a shit about condition. Well, I loaned you a copy of uh, Fear and Loathing a while back. Did you still yeah, have that? or just- I don't know. Do I still have that? I don't have a fucking clue. I gotta look. Okay. Afternoon, everybody. Ryan! <laughs> How's that baby treating you, Mr. Daly? Like Thanos, snapping his fingers at my bank account. <laughs> In that case, how about a beer on the house? Sure. Got to give my mouth something to do between podcasts. Say, Ryan, I don't get how you have so much time for podcasting. Doesn't your wife want you spending time with the baby? Would you? (laughs) Truth is, I think she's a little worried about how much time I'm spending with the kid, ever since his first words were Dagobah system. (laughs) Now she wants me to go out and do something mature, something productive, and most of all, something lucrative that can support the family. So you're going to... Podcast about Cheers, yeah. (laughs) That kid's not going to start college for 18 years. I got time. (laughs) Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Network. Did you get around to doing the top 10 villains? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. Yeah. First, before starting my list, I wanted to give a few shout-outs. My favorite antagonist in the MCU, and I make this qualifier because he's not a villain, but he is the antagonist of the movie, is actually Tony Stark in Captain America Civil War. I love him as the major obstacle and the character that you empathize and even sympathize with in Captain America Civil War. I think he was great. Now, he's not the villain of the piece because his motivations aren't evil or selfish, but I really think they did a great job, and I think Tony in Civil War is his best performance 
since since the first Iron Man movie. The other shout out that I want to give from Avengers Infinity War, the character of Ebony Maw, who is the guy who captures Doctor Strange and takes him out into space. What a creepy, weirdo guy. I loved how he sort of like proselytizes and tells everybody, you have the honor of dying by the children of Thanos and everything like that. And, and the whole thing that they showed from the trailer when he silences uh, Thor by putting the metal over his mouth and he does the whole shh, shh with his finger to the lips thing. Ah, oh, such a creepy guy. I love that guy. All right. So my list, my top 10 villains for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I expect to be somewhat controversial, but number 10, actually, Loki. This is a lot of the villain that a lot of people have been saying is the best villain from the Marvel Universe. I have never seen it that way. Loki has been in five movies now, I think. He's only been the villain in two of them. He was the villain in the first Thor and in the Avengers. In subsequent movies, he's been a reluctant accomplice or anti-hero. At most, just kind of like a pesky little thorn in their side, but he hasn't really been in the villain. He's only the villain in two movies. And I get why he made a, a good impression in Thor, because he was a little bit more compelling than the actual title character Thor. I think that's part of just the charisma of the actor. But I didn't like him in first movie Thor. I didn't get the god of lies or mischief. He was just kind of like a bratty little prankster. And then he sends Thor off. He's kind of like, you know, sabotaging Thor. But it seems like it's just kind of like trivial stuff. He accidentally finds out that he's not blood related to Odin. And then like screams at Odin, has like this pouty tantrum until Odin collapses, falls into a coma or the Odin sleep. Then he takes over, he's ruling, and he concocts this plan where he lets the frost giants into Asgard like they're going to invade, lets them walk right up to Odin like they're going to assassinate them, but then he betrays them, his own people, he kills them, as if to say, like, I am the savior because he wants to people to love him like that. I just, I thought his, his story in the first Thor movie made no sense. I never understood his motivation. I thought his whole plot, I might, I'm sure I'm in the minority because everybody else seemed to love him, but I did not like him in Thor. I thought he was fine in the Avengers. I thought he was a good villain in that, but not enough to make him higher than my number 10 spot on my list. So, number 9, Ben Kingsley's fake Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Just because he was really fun to watch. The terroristic videos that look like he's something out of Al-Qaeda or ISIS or something, but it's just him walking around training camps and he he's like, some call me a terrorist, I call myself a teacher or something like that. But his voice, just really ominous and threatening. And the final reveal that he's just a British soccer hooligan drunken fan watching TV. I thought it was kind of funny. Number 8, Eric Killmonger slash Njadaka from Black Panther. I've talked about him on your Black Panther episode or on the uh, in the uh, comments left. Um, I think he was a strong character, one that whose motivations I had no problem understanding. I didn't sympathize with him, but I thought, you know, you saw him kind of growing up in the shadow of the LA riots in the 90s and Black Lives Matter and what he wanted to accomplish by, because he was the only person who knew that Wakanda could end all of his problems and, and they refused to do it. Number 7 would be Kilgrave from Jessica Jones season one. If we're including TV and Netflix seasons, then I'm including him. It's been a while since I've watched that show. I just remember liking his performance enough that he would be really high up on the list. Number six, Ultron from Age of Ultron. I really liked him. I think I wanted a lot more of him, but I was also always so fascinated. Like I couldn't take my eyes off him. And I think part of it was the way Joss Whedon wrote the character as a dark crack mirror version of Tony Stark. I love the voice that Joss Whedon gave to Tony and to Ultron. They were so similar in the way they talked and the way they're kind of worldviews. I can feel Joss Whedon and his mind when I hear their dialogue and their mode of thinking. James Fader did a terrific job of voicing Ultron and giving the appropriate menace. I really like that character. Unfortunately, he falls in that phase too where he's sandwiched between the Avengers origin movie and the climactic battle with Thanos. So I think Ultron's story is ultimately going to be forgotten 
by a lot of people, but I got a kick out of it. So now into my number five, I would say the Winter Soldier from Captain America the Winter Soldier. Now, obviously, he has had an arc that has moved him out of the villainous role, but within just that movie, I thought he was fantastic as just a force of nature character. He didn't need monologues. He didn't need hardly any dialogue at all. But if you watch him, the way he moves, the way when he's on the helicarrier and he's just like taking out Cap's entire air support, all the other Quinjets, all the other people to the battle on the overpass when he's tracking down Natasha, he acted like the Terminator. He was scary like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Robert Patrick in the first two Terminator movies. That was the feeling I got from the Winter Soldier in that first movie up until the end when he has that moment when he's hanging by the helicarrier and saves Steve. I really enjoyed him that one. Number four would be Wilson Fisk, also known as the Kingpin from Daredevil Season 1. I know he's in Season 2, but I don't really remember what he does in that season. What a great, meaty performance. Definitely the standout part of Daredevil Season 1 was Wilson Fisk. Number three, Michael Keaton as the vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. I told the other people when I saw the movie, I told them that probably the most menacing villain scene of any superhero movie I've seen in a long time is a scene between Peter and Michael Keaton when they're not even in their costumes. And it's just that scene when he's driving them to the dance and he puts two and two together and he realizes who is in the car with him. He's looking in the rearview mirror and you see like the light, the, like the reflection of a traffic lights on his face highlighting him. Great job as the character. And the vulture has never been a very interesting character. They never really had much to do with that character. So I, I didn't have lofty expectations, but I think they did a brilliant job of taking, okay, the vulture has basically no character. We've tried so hard to do the green goblin over the last five Spider-Man movies and pretty routinely fail every time. Let's, take the best of both worlds. And they created Adrian Toomes as a blue-collar Norman Osborn. He's the businessman, He's but or he's not the businessman. He's not a tycoon. He's just got the engineering tech and the drive, and most importantly, he's got the familial relationship to Peter. He's got his son, in this case his daughter, is Peter's girlfriend. And, and you'll always have that connection, which gives them this weird bond where he's like, you saved my daughter. That's something I can never repay. So it's one chance. Walk away. Don't ever screw with my business again. I, I loved him in that role. I loved that. The, their moments together. That was great. Number two, then, often forgotten because, as I said, Tony Stark was the best antagonist when his role in Captain America Civil War, but the best villain, I think, is Zemo from Captain America Civil War. It's a small part. It's not a, a flashy part. He certainly doesn't look like the Zemo. In fact, you can call him Dr. Faust or something more from the, the Captain I, I would America say Dr. Faust is much closer, yes. Yeah, that's fine. I wouldn't even argue with that. They could have called him really any name. It could have been a completely original one if they wanted to, but for whatever purpose, they called him Zemo, but the thing is, he's got a plan that does not involve taking over the world or killing everybody. It's very structured. It's very ordered. It's methodical. He executes it with the precision of a special forces soldier, and all he wants to do is break the Avengers' hearts, and he does it. He accomplishes that. He gets his mission. He gets them to turn on each other. An empire toppled from the outside can be rebuilt, he says, but one that dies from within that is truly dead. And then he tries to attempt suicide by cop, or in his case, suicide by Black Panther. You know, when T'Challa is approaching him, he says, I'm sorry about your father. He seemed a good man with a dutiful son. He wants T'Challa to rip his throat out. And T'Challa's like, you know what? No, vengeance has consumed you. It's consuming them. I won't let it consume me. And at that point, Zemo's like, well, screw it. Then I'll have to do it myself. And he tries to eat the bullet and T'Challa stops him. I thought it was a really great, really understated performance that was more effective than so many other villains. So I really like Zemo. And that brings us to number one, and it is the new reigning crown prince. It's Thanos. Thanos, I, I think, is the best villain in this franchise now. And this movie, Infinity War, 
War was all about him. I think it was his story. He was the protagonist, and I loved him. I loved every like every moment with him. I thought it was great. His story, his moments with Gamora, all of their scenes together when he first captures her on Nowhere. It looks like she kills him, and then he's changed reality. When he tries to get Peter to kill her, only to like fool them with like the bubbles, and he's like, I like him. When they're on his ship, and he's telling her like all the things that when he adopts her, and he's like, I never taught you to lie. That's why you're so bad at it. To finally, when he brings her up to the mountain and everything. Yeah, I, I love Thanos. I thought he was a great job. The, if Infinity War was his story, I think they did a great job of making him the best of this universe and, and a worthy foe for this thing. So, yeah, that is my top ten. Again, ten, Loki, nine, fake Mandarin, eight, Killmonger, seven, Killgrave, six, Ultron, five, Winter Soldier, four, Wilson Fisk, three, The Vulture, two, Zemo, and number one, Thanos with a bullet. Uh, so Ryan Daly on episode 60, Marvel SHP Summer Special 2016 featuring X-Men and Julio Iglesias. I never realized with all the times I've actually recorded with Frank that he thought I sounded like the macho man Randy Savage. Wait, he's saying he thought you sounded like – did we do – No, oh, yeah, no, that was the point. episode where I was reading his comments on uh, I think uh, X-Men – Was X-Men? Uh, Apocalypse. Oh, dude, I thought it was so funny. I like died reading that. I, I, I finally overcame my inability to listen to that segment without laughing. You know, dude, I, I, I had totally to, I, I've heard it like a half dozen times where I finally stopped laughing at a segment and I was the one talking, which is pathetic, but uh, I, I, that was a gas. I listened to that episode at work and like had to get up from my desk. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck happened. What, what is it here at least? Episode 60. Okay, I can go back and listen to episode 60 so I can hear you do that again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, I, it, it held up for me for a while. I finally I managed to overcome. I finally heard it enough times where I was like, okay, I'm not laughing at myself anymore, you fucking asshole. If anybody is listening to this and doesn't know what we're talking about, go listen to episode 60 and just fucking fast forward until you hear Diablo Frank read Ryan Daly's unbelievably long review. Was it X-Men Apocalypse? I believe it was, yeah. Good Lord. It's just a never-ending comment. I love it. <laughs> and we just descend into madness reading this thing. I think I, I read half and then you read half. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> over X-Men Apocalypse. I think the comment was longer than the damn movie was. Well, that, I think that was also the episode where I tortured you into uh, reading the Deadpool uh, commentary for like the third time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, dude. So anyway, we just descend into madness in the middle of this comment. It, it doesn't even make sense. I can't even explain to you what happened. You got to go listen to it. How does someone descend into madness reading a comment? It doesn't make sense. You have to go listen. Please just go listen. Thank plus, you. Plus, I think we got some sexy sax man there. We definitely have some George Michael. So that's thematically appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, good episode. Go listen. All right, our next comment comes from Rian Delay on episode 73. The first trailer for Thor Ragnarok is one of the most fun and exciting trailers I've ever seen, but I also really love the new one that dropped at San Diego Comic-Con, despite the lack of Led Zeppelin. I love seeing the increased presence of Valkyrie, and uh, her white costume looks awesome. As for Thor comics, I admit most of my familiarity comes from the Walt Simonson Mighty Thor omnibus, uh, and I also think that that is the high watermark for the character. But it's not the only thing. I've read some of Lynn Ween's John Buscema slash Tony Dezunga's stories circa number 250 in the collections. Uh, quote, if Asgard should perish, unquote, and the quest for Odin. I really enjoy those stories. And they cast Thor in his own comic corner of the Marvel Universe that I think he thrives in. Uh, and I think Ragnarok may support that idea. Hey, everybody, that movie already came out. It's on DVD. 
Uh, let's see. Nartikur Narte, sorry, I butchered that. On uh, November 30th, 2017, wrote, what is your 2018 list for most anticipated to least superhero films? My list for 2018 are Deadpool 2, Black Panther, Infinity War, Animated Miles Morales, New Mutants, Aquaman, Dark Phoenix, Venom, then Ant-Man and the Wasp. So we got this email again almost a year ago, and I only just recently stumbled upon it. So how about those anticipated 2018 movies, considering that some of those movies will not actually be released in the year 2018? Yeah, that's true. Although some of them, um, I mean, like, if you're looking forward to Black Panther, I think Black Panther was good if you were looking forward to it. I, I don't think Deadpool 2 sound like disappointed some people. I think Vin oh, well, you know what? suck cocks. I, I think the Deadpool played to the Deadpool audience. It just didn't have the outreach to regular folk the way the first one did. But, like, Deadpool fans seem to really like Deadpool 2. I think it's maybe the whole Guardians of the Galaxy thing where you somewhat got more of the same but a little bit darker. And uh, it, maybe that's what people didn't react well to mm. but you were talking I about like I, I kind of feel like i'd like it i want to check it out i just i haven't it, it, again i i overreacted to the first movie and i maybe underreacted to the second movie uh because i haven't seen it yet sure um and venom's gonna suck uh our next i still, I still want to see it though and i think i might actually see that one close to opening because uh circumstances are such that i'll probably be off the day that it comes out that's mid-october I have no clue, bro. Okay. I, I, no I think it's going to come off when I'm going to be off work. So I, I'll probably take advantage and go ahead and watch that one early. Okay. Hey, I look forward to the Diablo Frank, Mr. Fix-It uh, Venom podcast. So basically, um, we can count you out for all things Spider-Man. Although I sat on Homecoming like. and I regret it because Homecoming I, I loved. But oh, no. No, no. It's October the 5th. So no, I, I, that's going to be Mr. Fix-It taking over the podcast on his own. You know what? That one might actually be fun with just Mr. Fix-It. You know what? If it's just me and Mr. Fix-It, maybe he and I can record something and I can find a way to, to put it out as like a bonus or some shit. Or maybe uh, it'll be like uh, him and Fryhole and you just have to have physically mm, you know, maneuver it. Mm, maybe I can see if I can get that together. I think I, I'm not sure. Fryhole might actually be into Venom. I, I can't recall if, if uh, he was brought up when Fix-It was talking to me about Venom the other day. So mm. that, that could be an interesting show. I, those two together could be interesting. Yeah, because like even though they're totally random characters you know they're gonna have like well remember this run and remember this run and i i bought that venom mini series like i can just hear uh Fryhole talking about some venom mini mini series that he bought that he can like link to this movie anyway we'll see if it happens i doubt it i will say that i did this list at like four o'clock in the morning without a lot of <laughs> thought kind of a lot of it was going from the gut and if you thought yours was controversial hold my drink all right uh, i've also got some that you might call cheats because i do say groupings you know that I'm, i thought made I'm crossing sense. my fingers i'm crossing my fingers that you've got Malekith, Yellow Jacket, and Hella up in your top three. <laughs> Number 10, Grant Ward from the first three seasons okay. of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is a character who I longed for his death, especially throughout the third season. I was just sick of him. I felt like his story took too long to wrap up. But over the course of the series, it, it was so important for him to have been on that show and for him to have had the journey that he had uh, that I have to acknowledge that. And obviously, he's like the longest livid of any of the Marvel villains as far as appearing in episode after episode after episode sure. and having yeah. an impact on the most number of characters within the context of the program that he was on. Number nine is Ego. I love Kurt Russell. One of the, the biggest, most iconic, most 
gut-punching moments in Marvel history came from Ego. Number eight would be Adrian Toomes, the Vulture. You know, it, it was a fantastic performance, and it was a villainy in a, in a, that came at you in a direction that we hadn't seen from the Marvel characters before, that blue-collar villainy where you, you really do kind of root for the guy. And he was my favorite part of Spider-Man Homecoming, so of course I had to acknowledge that. Next would be Cassius and Sonara from Marvel's Age of Shield Season 5. I love the Sonara character. I love that feline quality that, that she has. I found her to be incredibly intimidating with her phantasm balls. And I also really liked her relationship with Cassius and how this is a guy who you understood how he became the person that he was, but he still had that bureaucratic evil and he just played so well off of Sonara. And I also love, too, that they're both Kree, so they're these fantastic elements on a somewhat grounded show. And mostly it's just costuming and airbrush skin tones. And you have a villain that's otherworldly just with those simple applications. No CGI for the most part. So I really respected that. Next would be Obadiah Stane. We recently released our Iron Man 10th anniversary retrospective and acknowledged just how awesome Jeff Bridges was and how much he brought mm-hmm. to the first Iron Man movie and how we all kind of feel that he's the forgotten great Marvel villain. Next would be Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. I'm not a huge fan of Daredevil season one, but obviously the highlight of the season was the origin story of Wilson Fisk, his choosing between light and dark over the course of that season. I thought that was very well handled. Next up, Gila, an absolute force of nature, someone who's so incredibly destructive and such a force of personality as well. Somebody that you just knew was dangerous as all hell has handled the Marvel heroes in a way that was unseen for the most part throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe and another character that does a great job of refuting the assertion that Marvel has a villain problem. Now we're in the top three. Arnim Zola, one of the greatest moments in Marvel movie history was the big reveal of Arnim Zola and the role that he had played throughout Marvel history. He has a... I re- forgot about him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has such a small role, but it's so impactful and it's, for me, probably the greatest moment in my favorite Marvel movie. Well, seeing him in, in The Winter Soldier. Seeing, yes, and, yes. Like, yeah, with his face on the two. And not for as much as I said Civil War is my favorite of those movies just because of all the fan service things, I think The Winter Soldier is a better Captain America movie than Civil War, but for other other purposes, yeah. Yeah, no, you're, I love that moment. I forgot about him. God. <laughs> Number two, I agree with Thanos. A part of it, I'll, I'll be honest, I have to acknowledge that a lot of that, his higher ranking is because of my personal history with the character in the comics, less so than the cinematic representation of the character. I do think that they sort of watered him down a bit by making him more human and, and making him somebody who could connect with a broader audience than the really twisted version of, of the character that was from the comics, but still so incredibly well rendered in CGI, so well rendered in the writing and in the acting that has to be acknowledged. Thanos does a great job. Before I give you my number one, I'd like to throw out my honorable mentions. At the top of that list, somebody who I was really surprised didn't make it into the top ten because of how impressed I was with this character when they first appeared, but just several great Marvel villains premiered in the time since this character first debuted that managed to push them off. Whitney Frost from Agent Carter Season 2, I thought was fantastic. Extremely impressive villain and impressive performance on a show that's too little acknowledged. I loved Reign of the Flower Girl from the early seasons of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I do feel like she ventured into anti-hero territory by the time the series was over with. I love Justin Hammer. Great character, great fun, but never really a very formidable villain, and that hurts him. Kilgrave, I thought, was a solid performance, but I do think that he was overhyped, and people just lashed onto him so much uh, to the detriment of other Marvel characters that it it was somewhat off-putting. Daniel Whitehall from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., again, a a very menacing, very sadistic character, but not a lot of charisma, and while he's had a major impact on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not so much in the broader context. Ultron, who I thought was a very interesting villain, and in a movie that I think has been underappreciated, but still there were a lot of bad, cringe-inducing moments within that movie that Ultron was the author of that turned me off. Next up would be Killmonger. Definitely an interesting 
interesting character, but I have my issues with Black Panther the movie and, and how the character of Killmonger was handled, and so that hurt him. Helmut Zemo, who I thought is great, but as you said, he's not really the Zemo from the comics, and he just never quite kicked it up to the top 10 for me. Jai Yang Johnson from Marvel's Angel of Sealed Season 2, another great villain, but she didn't have much of a reign, and while she had some great moments, she was definitely a knife turner. Doesn't quite match up with a lot of the higher villains. I love Thunderbolt Ross, even though he hasn't had a lot to do over the course of the Marvel movies, but I, I'm just glad that he's still sticking around. I really enjoyed Scourge, but again, more of an anti-hero or just a sympathetic thug, essentially. And finally, I'll give a tip of the hat to Loki, even though he's never been one of my favorites and he barely made the top 20. So my number one pick <laughs> is... Any ideas? I'm trying to think who you haven't mentioned. Abomination? No. Ada and the Doctor from Marvel's Age of Shield Season 4. Ada, especially oh. once she became taken over by the Darkhold, I found her to be a terrifying character. I wasn't sure how they were going to be able to address her, especially toward the end of the season when she really starts to lose her shit. I just thought she was one of the scariest villains, possibly the scariest villain in Marvel cinematic history, especially because Thanos, because of how the movie ends, you really feel like they're going to hit the reset button on that, where Ada, I didn't know what was going to happen with her, and obviously the people that she was fighting were not at a caliber of the way they could do that. And in the case of the Doctor, I've grown very fond of the character of Fitz on Marvel's Angel of S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought that the actor has had some of the greatest versatility of anybody on the show. The the Doctor was, again, such a blood-curdling villain, and played that Nazi quality so well. I see the Red Skull that I never quite got in the movies there. I see the Helmet Zemo that I never quite got in the movies there. So he's sort of like that perfect hair-raising Nazi villain related to Hydra, related to Madame Hydra. And also I thought it was really interesting the way that he betrays Simmons on the show in favor of Ada. How completely that character turns toward evil and how that character has continued to have a legacy in the seasons of Marvel's Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. since. That's a legacy that very few Marvel villains have by my reckoning. Your list is very TV heavy. <laughs> and I, and I, I, like, I stopped watching S.H.I.E.L.D. after season two, so I, those are all blank spots for me. I, I'm sure it, it's, it'll be quite controversial. So, uh. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Gal Walks in the Comic Shop, your favorite comic pod. And listen, every issue, we dissect your favorite comics, taking a look at why the comic may have worked for Bob, a lifelong comic fan, and what works for Barbara, a newcomer to the medium. I'm Bob. And I'm Barbara. And hidden in the shadows is the ever-patient Mark, the audio engineer. I have to admit, when I was a kid, there weren't many women superheroes and fewer female writers in the industry. Uh, it seems like back then there was an attitude that comics were just for boys. Uh, Barbara, do you think that that ever kept you from picking up a book at all? It's possible. I mean, I really uh, trended toward the things that people I admired admired. So I do remember uh, hanging out in my cousin's living room watching uh, Anne West Batman. I remember trying to get through some mad magazine and trying to understand why orgy references were funny um well orgy references are <laughs> always going to be funny yeah it was uh you know something i wanted to be a part of but didn't feel like a natural fit for me be sure to follow us on uh, twitter uh we're at at gal walks that's at g-a-l-w-a-l-k-s at gal walks Feel free to write us at bam pow gal. That's b a m p o w g a l at gmail.com. Want to hear from everyone?
Um, our next comment comes from Derek William Crabb on the Universal Hulk. I listen uh, on the flight back home. I have Frank's back on Jennifer Conley, but I will not stand for poo-pooing of hashtag my secret identity. Uh, I mean, not hashtag, sorry. Quote, my, my secret identity, unquote. What, when did we poo-poo my secret identity? What is that? That was a months back. I don't even recall. I think, I think I'm, I, yeah, that okay. was probably me though. If, if somebody's going to reference my secret, or fix it, maybe, maybe fix it, brought it up and I poo-pooed it. I don't remember. Um, from a 2002 Entertainment Weekly article on the Oscars increasing salary on actors, Conley 31, who earned less than 1 million for a beautiful mind, will take home about 1.5 million for Angley's now Lensing the Hulk can also bulk up her price tag. She could get as much as $4 million for the right film, says one agent, who notes that studios often look for young, beautiful female co-stars with acting pedigrees. That's a bargain when a studio could cast Rang Zellweger for $46 million or Reith Weatherspoon, who's asking eight. I can't find any figures on for what Liv Tyler pulled for Incredible Hulk, but since her net worth is about $12 million less than Connolly's, I don't think it's the worst argument in the world. My take is that winning an Oscar does increase one's salary, which I'm pretty sure you discounted outright on the podcast. If you go by the article hulk was prior prior or during and they are saying she will potentially quadruple her salary by 2008 maybe she was asking for four million or whatever uh probably won't convince you but i totally see where frank coming from i also think that the point the marvel studios uh just wanted to distance themselves from angley hulk film is equally viable speculation uh but the way that marvel studios dealt with terrence howard would indicate that money isn't exactly a non-factor in recasting so if you come at the incredible hulk as a pseudo sequel to the hulk they recast conley with a movie with a more affordable substitute Kind of like Mark Wahlberg instead of Matt Damon. Okay, so I should say there are conflicting uh, articles that say how much Jennifer Connelly's net worth is. And I found one that shows that she's equal to Liv Tyler. So there's that. Second of all, Liv Tyler cashed in on those fucking Lord of the Rings movies. And she was a couple years out from those when she took the Hulk. But she still did those Lord of the Rings movies. And she was like a mainstay of all three of those fucking films. Um, and to, I, I just think like, like he even says here in his own comment, uh, it's a bargain compared to... To someone who you would cast like Renee Zellweger or Reith Weatherspoon. That's all I'm trying to say is those actresses command the kind of money that would make a, a studio go, whoa, we're not paying that. Not Jennifer Connelly. That's all I was trying to say. I do think it was more just because they're like, no, we're starting our own universe. Jennifer, this is not a sequel. Why would we consider casting anyone that was in Ang Lee's Hulk? It just is out of the question. I'm just That's happy. To, I'm just happy to have Derek having my back. And I will point out this is one of the rare instances where somebody who listens to our podcast has met uh, somebody besides me on the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. We've both met uh, Derek. Yes. Yeah, we actually... Excellent young fellow. We had a three-way in a hotel room, but thankfully it was just a podcasting three-way, which you'll get to hear the results of uh, next year. We got Tex-Mex. It was great. Um, let me see our next comment comes from Keith Baker. Sadly, did not get on that action because he got tied up. I think he may have literally gotten tied up. <laughs> Good I lord, mean- uh, Keith Baker. I've brought her back every day and twice. I'd have brought her back every day and twice on Saturday. I'm guessing that's talking about uh, Liv Tyler Jennifer or Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, sir. either way. You know. uh, our next comment comes from Stu Perrins. He says thanks. Response to a frenzy GIF. Oil. Yeah, that was the that was the uh, that's related to that GIF I talked about earlier, where it featured the oil band. I think it was Madness. Um, saying oi oi as they were going in to watch Blade or listen to the Blade podcast. So yeah, I gotcha. Convoluted, I know. Uh, Dirk Ashton also said thanks RSP for the Blade episode. Um, our next comment comes from Lost in Time. You forgot me. I've been on, I've been a Marvel, mighty Marvel marching society member from the get go. Alas, all my stuff gone, but man, is that ever a regret? Hindsight can be bitter, merciless. So that was, he was an actual member of the actual, uh, yeah, society. Yeah. Super freaking rad. Um, 
Our next comic comes from KB Likes Comics. Great episode. Really enjoyed the retrospective and recap. Was that on Blade? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Oh, all these latter ones are now Blade exclusive. We finally caught I, up because yeah, we 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 had a lost uh, section of of uh, responses uh, that I spent hours putting together, and then I something happened and they all got lost, and then I didn't want to go back and fish it out again. But now we're should be up to date, and that's why it's all Blade, uh, including the comment from uh, Delvin, aka Dark Web Felix Leiter from the Longbox. Uh, uh, Longbox Crusade, uh, Blade was certainly Marvel's toe in the water in a lot of ways. Guess I should listen to see what y'all thought. Uh, I am always amused to see Steve Stephen Dorff act like Dennis Leary, who the producers really wanted to play Deacon Frost. Uh, Delvin was also very recently on an episode of Rolled Spined, and he uh, showed us his vocal talents. So that's definitely something to check out. Ooh, he was really good. Let me just say that uh, so Frank's been doing this top secret uh project with a lot of our listeners you guys are all really really good at this like i I haven't heard a single recording from anybody who's a listener of ours um and and sure they may have other podcasting uh background so i'm not trying to say like you're complete novices why are you so good but i I just i feel like everybody we talk to is so good at this i'm I'm just really impressed you guys fucking rock including delvin who was really good i was like i was fully into that episode i'd agree with a lot of the uh (laughs) musical (laughs) nickelback uh, yeah i knew i knew that was going to trigger sure but uh he was great like it was like dude like do you do this every week why the hell are you so good at this it's it's awesome and that was just the bullshitting Um, man when when we actually dig into it it's even better right um and our next comment comes from history of comics on film also our Um, last comment oh yeah well i guess so i feel like you're missing some but um blade is the first of the american created superheroes to do the three-point landing or superhero landing quote unquote there are much more earlier instances in martial arts films and in the same vein this was the first uh ghost in the shell movie yeah he also included a video that showed numerous examples of the three-point landing uh but most importantly he's backing me up again Well, I, well, that was, I don't think we were arguing with you on that. I think, well, what? No, I think Mr. Mr. Fix It was definitely Mr. Fix it was arguing with you, yeah, because he was like, like well, this was a Superman movie. Like, he's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, didn't, like, Randy Caldwell, like, live tweet Blade as he watched it, like he did with Hulk? Yeah, I thought oh, man, he did. Maybe I didn't include that. Yeah, well, I get you it. know what? It was after I gathered this together. So we'll, we'll have some more Blade comments in the future then, because that's right. He came in late okay, on I that, though. I love it when Randy Caldwell watches movies that we just reviewed and live tweets them. I, I like I'm enthralled by these tweets on Facebook on, on Twitter and I will like follow them. So just so he knows that I'm 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 hearing you, buddy. Well, because did he do both of the Hulks or just one of them? I think he did one of them. Yeah. OK, so the, but we've got we've gotten two of these live tweet uh, episodes so far. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. I don't know. Is there anything else we're doing? Yeah, here? That's that's <laughs> that's that was that. All right, man. It's an old joke. Frank doesn't pronounce it thesaurus. He pronounces it thesaurus. Thesaurus? And when I asked him, what the fuck is a thesaurus? He's like, I don't believe in saying it thesaurus. It sounds like a goddamn dinosaur. Three friends. Come, my baby. The world is not right. The movie Two Planets comes out. Too many topics. Please, I like Alvatron. It's just so much been there, done that. Super cookie-cutter hip-hop with it. One podcast. The lead singer of Nickelback doesn't have demons. He gave away his heart. Zero fucks given. How sad is it that Axl Rose didn't kill himself for OD? Django. 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 Where did the plastic stop and the human flesh start? Oh, no. Tony, you're close. We're about to kick you out of the podcast. The Rose Fine Podcast. It's just so well done. 
Are you going to do a 10? Uh, let's see. Let's go Loki. Number one. Number one is Loki? Like, yeah. So you're going to go from greatest uh, to least? I, 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 would, I want Loki to fight any... Uh, bring him back to be the... If they said, hey, we're going to do a Hulk movie and he's fighting Loki, I'd be like, yes, let's do it. Or if they're going to do, hey, let's Iron Man Loki. Shit, I get to see Loki and Tony Stark have verbal banter on the screen let's do it like i'm all for it like i mm. let's have him appear as many times so as possible. is this coming from a comic book place or is this the movie no is this is tom hiddleston strictly cinematic okay okay so let's see number one loki number two is probably ego because i have daddy issues right <laughs> three is going to be the vulture because i have daddy issues <laughs> there, there, there's a uh, bit of a theme between your two lists there yeah four is going to be stain just because it's still the, daddy it's issues. so good yeah daddy issues more um so you, do, do you feel like elaborating on any of those more or you just solid like you, it's already no, kind of I mean, evident yeah. Right. So I noticed. I, I know I discounted Thanos, but since he threw Thanos in there, do you, is he in that? He's mix number or? one. He's number one. Okay. So he's the. We're doing plus. Yeah. Thanos. I, I okay. would do all below Thanos. Um. Let's see. So who did I say last? Stain. Yes. Probably Red Skull. After no, I'd, I'd probably do Zemo than Red Skull. Okay. Just because I I like Zemo's. I'm the everyman, but I find a way to bring down Earth's Mightiest Heroes by myself. So that takes us to seven. Well, we we, we do Thanos, and you got Thanos, Loki. Uh, um, Ego Ego Vulture Stain Helmet Zemo Zemo Red Skull Red Six Red Skull Okay So we got three left If you're going for a top ten Three You can go to eleven Since we had the Thanos uh, uh, Exclusion I guess Or is it more like I gotta get three more I guess Alexander Pierce Okay So you're reaching at this point Yeah Okay Just cause I mean He was the villain I I, I would more almost call like Hydra is the villain Of Winter Soldier Not really Alexander Pierce But I guess if he's the face of Hydra For the film Well and by the way Are you gonna reach for TV at all Or not No Cause all those No They're all terrible Not even Purple Man Okay I'll throw the Purple Man on there after. I'll throw him on my bottom of my list too Okay So you both guys have him around nine-ish Yeah Cause you're reaching Then I'd probably put the Grand Grandmaster slash Game Master. Okay. Even though you just said that he wasn't hilarious. a villain. Huh? But even though you just said he was. Oh, no, you were oh, arguing that he wasn't that. a villain. I thought he, I thought he, he was arguing that he wasn't a villain. Hilarious. Okay, so, yeah. He's, he was fantastic. Okay. So no Justin Hammer? Because I, 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 I And then I, would do just, I, then I would do Justin Hammer after that. Only because okay. he was kind of a... Sam Rockwell. He was ineffective. He was very ineffective in that movie. I love Sam Rockwell. Rockwell as Justin Hammer, but I mean the movie sucks. So yeah, I mean it didn't suck, but you know what I mean. So I'm at nine. I need to figure out a ten for me. Am I done there? Do I need one more? You want to throw an absorbing man just because of historical Uh, relevance? No, I can't. I can't give him. Hey, what about the Doctor? Oh, the Doctor from where? Shield. You didn't like him. Or, no, or Madam. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean he was kind of cool, but it's just Fritz. What are, we, are we just still recording? Yeah, but I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a tenth villain, but I can't. I can't think of a tenth villain. So I mean, you're kind of making the case for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is having weak villains when you can't get it to ten. Well, no, because the the five, the first, I, I the first, I don't think I the first six or seven are so fucking strong that yeah, it's kind of like see, that's just it though, and I think that's one of the reasons why you you still have people making that claim. Is think about it with DC, Joker, Catwoman, uh, Two Face, I guess you could say Zod. Who else we got? Steppenwolf. No, no, in the good move, good villain. Steppenwolf. Good villain. Who did Wonder Woman fight? Good villain. She fought like World War Ares. II? <laughs> World <Ares>. War II? <laughs> yeah, she fought war. World War II. World War II is a villain. Um, and then, I'm not talking about the DCEU. I'm talking about What about DC the robot movies? that Richard Pryor created? Exactly. <laughs> who did like, he fight in, in, in... Who did Batman fight in Batman in the first Batman movie? Batman Begins. 
Rachel Scarecrow. Uh, and I'll give Scarecrow. you Rachel Ghoul. We'll, we'll, I thought that was in Scarecrow. Was not nobody gives a shit about Scarecrow. Dude, that was actually kind of cool. He's spraying people and shit. That was the whole but point. Do you, do you really think? Okay, do you think that's a, like oh, great villains in movies? Wait, Scarecrow, in Batman no. Begins, it was Rachel Ghoul in Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah. and Scare- oh, Scarecrow. It's been a while since I've seen it. Joker and Two Face. I think I already said Two Face. If I didn't, well, we'll give you six, okay? Okay, when you said Two Face, I thought you meant Two Face from like the Batman movies, the eighties. So it was just no, Bane no, no, and Tommy Lee Jones. That's what. I thought oh no, 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 no! I'm talking about Aaron Eckhart and yeah, Dark okay. So it was just Bane and Dark Knight Rises. Mr. I'm just inclined to count Bane. I do not think Bane. I'm counts. just saying he was the only villain in that movie. I never saw it. I uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, because you had his daughter. You had connection. You had Rashan no. Ghul's daughter in that one. What I was trying name? to avoid yeah. the spoiler. Yeah, Talia Ghul. Ghul. How's that a fucking spoiler? I know. It's, well, you can't Jesus Christ, that movie's hot shit. So, and I don't mean it in a good way. Mr. Wayne. Oh yeah, I noticed the Mandarin didn't make it on doing these lists. Like I, I just can't. Oh, no. no, I mean he, he I, isn't even in the, the counted among the ranker rank, uh, nerdist list. So I, I'm, give me another uh, DC villain though that's in the live action films of throughout the history of, of DC Lex, comics. So you said Lex Luthor? No, I didn't actually. So there's seven. Although frankly, I think they, they, they all just suck, played right? Lex Luthor out so fucking thoroughly that I'm I, you know in the cartoons, yeah. In the in live action, you know, nobody since Gene Hackman has done a good Luthor. So. That's did, a long did Gene Hackman time. really do a good Luthor? He did a good. This was a cartoony one, but he did. But he was a good Gene Hackman. So I take Hackman, it. I take it you're not a fan of the Kevin Spacey. He did a Gene Hackman impersonation. So I still. Uh, that's still Gene Hackman. Okay. Um. Uh, we got seven. So that's really not that much different from the MCU. Actually, there was from best to worst. No, no, no. Joker. Saying, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm saying and we're done. The DC films strong villains, like throughout all of Steve's well, see, see, Okay, DC if you're gonna say strong villains, now, if you go to TV, wait, wait, if okay. you're gonna say strong villains, the Joker. Anyway, we can stop now. Every I think that's the I, I think that's minimizing, but but I, I think that even a generous uh, look at the more because the, again the, because you're not being fair. The Marvel universe is the movies are connected. DC's movies are not connected. I know, but that's what I'm saying is they they always want to say well Marvel's got these. Weak villains like well, what the fuck has DC done in live action that that warrants that uh, uh, comparison at this point? I, I uh, we just named seven villains but in part because they keep going back to the same villains. Like how many Luthor movies do we have? How many Joker movies do we have? You know, uh, you know, yeah. Of course, if you've been in multiple movies, you're gonna have a stronger villain. But you got two two faces. How many Catwomen? Oh fuck! Yeah, because you got Lee Merriweather in the '66. You got uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. You got Anne Hage. Anne no, Hage. No, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Anne yeah. Hathaway. <laughs> Uh, that's three right there. So that's that's more cast changes than any Marvel character in the oh, MCU's had so far. You forgot, Mister Freeze, Arnold's Freeze. I didn't forget. Classic. I did not forget. Just like I did not forget the Riddler. Dude, he, now, he's, he's ruined, ruined that, that character forever. If, if you he ruined back, that character forever. You can redo Two Face. You can't redo Mister Freeze. Yeah. If you if you go back to Batman sixty six, that's how you finish out your top ten because you've got the good Penguin in. Uh, ah, that's debatable. I like Gotham's version of all the villains. No, I'm saying no. I'm not counting TV. I'm just, oh, okay. Just oh, in live smooth, okay. action film, you have to go back to Batman 66 to finish out a top 10 for the DC movies. For the, the motion pictures, you got to go back to fucking... Why am I drawing a fucking blank on Penguin, the actor? Uh, Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Yeah, Meredith. You, you got to go back to Burgess Meredith. You got to go back to fucking Frank Gorshin. Yeah. No, to, to, but that's not... But again, they set the bar for other people to try to reach. No, but I, oh, that's not the, the point I'm making is that people slag on Marvel's villains. Oh. And if you go to the entirety of DC cinema, you can't get to a top 10 or you struggle to get to a top 10. And you I need that five. to finish well, it out. There's also a quantity to it, too. There's just a shit ton of Marvel movies. Eventually, they're going to hit on a couple good ones, right? <laughs> Are there more Marvel 
or DC? Because if you do 66, no, all the Batmans, all the Supermans, Wonder, all the new D, all the new DC with everything put, I think they surpass Marvel, don't they? Yeah, they do. That's what I'm saying. Is they've had more movies over more yeah. span of time, and they still, you know, they've got a few stronger villains who've been up in more things. But overall, when you crunch the numbers, not that much of a difference. Yeah. So, so uh, bullshit argument is all I'm saying. Uh, what does Aquaman come out? Aquaman comes out in December. Hopefully, he's a good villain, though. Ocean Black Master, Manta. no. Black, Black Manta, maybe. Yeah, Ocean Manta. You don't tell me that Patrick Wilson's Ocean Master is going to be some sort of like. Oh no, I, I'm there for Black Manta, dude. I've always loved that Absolutely. costume. Well, everybody, come on, nobody's there. I, I like Patrick Wilson, but he's supposed to be the brother of Jason Momoa, and he's got a man bun. And no, no, it's it's a Black Manta or a bust on the villain front when it comes to Aquaman. I, I, it'll be funny if we go back to this podcast and I have to totally eat my words that Patrick Wilson just completely owns. But no, that's not actually. I'm kind of curious how. What's her name? Is Cheetah or Ch- was it Cheetah Woman or Catwoman or Chitara? What? What's her name? It's Cheetah. Kristen Wiig. Why yeah. did they cast Kristen yeah, Wiig? Yeah, I, but no, I I'm get curious. It. I totally, I I'm get curious. It. I get it. I don't have a problem with their cat. But my understanding, I would, I would prefer it if she were playing Priscilla Rich. I think that she'd be great for Priscilla Rich. Maybe not so much for Barbara Minerva. But she is a comedic actress who can also do drama. Who will go there in playing a cat lady? Because you try to get a dramatic actress to do do cat do. Cheetah. Let me see you. It's going to come off hokey. It's yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Michelle Pfeiffer was hokey and it was still awesome. Yeah, but Michelle Pfeiffer isn't, wasn't, isn't a comedian doing it. Right. She, she wasn't on Saturday Night Live to, week but, after week doing skits and shit. Right, but she can also, she does drama though. She uh, She's done a number of dramatic movies. I think I actually prefer a dramatic actress. I don't like her comedy. Her stay, type, I've never seen Bridesmaids for the record though, but like her, stand, her skit stuff, her, her sketch comedy stuff, I don't like her in that. I do not think she's funny. I do like her as a dramatic actress and stuff like The Martian. I think she does that fairly well. So I get that you, if you go for someone who's willing to go nuts and really go into I, the cheetah, I think that goes skitty and you you just said you don't like her and her skitty shit. I don't when think she's pretending to be a cheetah. I don't cheetah, think she's going to comedy, skinny. though. But I think there has to be a, a bold. I think that the comedy background will make her more bold in portraying a character that you need to be all in for. You say bold. I think it's going to be hokey as shit. It might be a little bit of both. All I know is that I thought that uh, Wonder Woman taking the template of Superman, the motion picture, worked out fairly well. If she takes the template of Batman Returns, I'm cool with that because I love Batman Returns. I know other people don't. Fuck them. To say something else. Oh yeah, I, I was telling him I got to go through and I got to listen to all of our old podcasts and pull all my Aquaman bites out <laughs> and have those loaded for when the movie comes out. Because if, like, if it turns out to be good, I got to own up to it. And if it turns out to be bad, I got to fucking double down on it. <laughs> I think it's gonna be bad. I, I think we just put fuck water on repeat, and that'll that definitely fuck the, <laughs> fuck the ocean. Fuck the ocean. Fuck Aquaman and fuck the ocean. Well, I guess you'll never be friends with the uh, fire and water guys ever again. <laughs> it's already happened. That was the whole point. That's where this all happened. That was where the delineation occurred was when I said fuck. But when you double down on it, you're just two, two to the head to make sure it's done. Double tap. That's what it feels like. Hello, I'm Jerry. And I'm Chris. We are the hosts of the podcast Bat Books for Beginners. We both love Batman comics. And we like other comics, too. Comics that don't get the attention that the Cape Crusader gets. We want to bring attention to our favorite indie and small publisher comics. Some of it will be weird. Some of it will be wild. But great storytelling can come from anywhere. So we started a brand new podcast, The Professor Frenzy Show. On The Professor Frenzy Show, we will share some of our favorite indie comic books with you. Search for us on iTunes, Google Play, 
and everywhere podcasts are found. We hope you will search, subscribe, download, listen, and join in on the fun. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. Professor Frenzy Show. What do you think of the Captain Marvel trailer? I think it's okay. No elaboration beyond that? I know. Not the reaction you want. I see it. I think there's some cool imagery in it. But at the same time, man, I'm really worried about the whole fucking movie having a DH Sam Jackson and Coulson and shit. Like, I'm re- like if one of those things suck, it's going to kill the whole movie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I get really nervous. I know they must have, like, so much confidence in their ability to de-age at this point. That they're going to have co-stars be de-aged instead of just, like, a scene like an Ant-Man or whatever. Well, but we don't know how much they're in that movie, though. I mean, when you watch the trailer, there's a lot of Carol Danvers and a little bit of everybody else. This is true, but uh, I really think we're in a lot of Sam Jackson. And I don't want it to turn into Cavill's mustache. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, oh, my God, like this motherfucker. Well, I, can't, I like I know he just had five minutes of dialogue, but I was staring at his bad hairline that's CGI'd. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm, I'm really worried about. Outside of that, though, the, I, I dig the imagery. I do like the fact that they're going to leave it open as to whether or not she was actually from earth or whether or not those were like Cree memories put in her brain. Um, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm probably more excited after the trailer than I was before, but I don't think the trailer, like, I was like, oh my God, my body's ready after that trailer. That's all I'm trying to say. Did you talk to fix it? Uh, just his texts where he was just like, oh my God, my body is ready. (laughs) And I was just like, I watched the trailer. thought it was pretty good. I didn't freak out that much about it though. Well, you know, I've been more excited about Captain Marvel than I was for Infinity War. That has not changed. I loved the trailer. I thought it was awesome. I'm disappointed to hear that you weren't as into it. Paquita wasn't as into it. No, no, nobody's saying, ugh, this is terrible. They're just like, No, 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 no. no yeah, looks, I'm looks, not trying know. to say it was terrible. Yeah. I, I just don't think it was like, this is it. Game changer. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know. It's it fun. I think for the first trailer, there's a lot of action, a lot of great looking costumes. The premise seems cool. I love, love that shot where they cut between Carol Danvers rising up as a little girl in the military in the, the super suit. This is definitely clearly Marvel's shot at doing a Wonder Woman. And I, so far, it looks pretty cool. The only thing that gets me is that Larson's voice is a little higher than I was expecting. For some reason, I thought that she'd maybe have a little deeper voice. So it threw me off to ha- hear her sound, you know, sound like that. Yeah, the line where she's like, you don't know everything there is about me or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it It's sort of like, oh, yeah, you're like a kid or something. I, like, I know she's not, but. Uh, but the rest of the time, I think she's got good swagger. I love the sequence where she's on the ropes and she's jumping between them and stuff. She's got a, she does the grim determination look really well. She's got a good scowl for sure. Well, and swagger. She walks good too. She walks with authority. Yeah, in the in in the uniform, she looks good. And yeah, I, mean, I do. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be good. I, I I saw nothing in the trailer that worried me other than the fact that you know Sam Jackson narrates the fucking thing, mm-hmm. and if and if they fuck up his look, uh, I'm not gonna be able to look away. Like I'll be. It like again, it'll be Cavill's mustache. If they, if they mess it up, it's Cavill's mustache. Mm-hmm. After seeing what they did with Thanos, who starred in that movie and he was nothing but a big CGI blob, but looked so good, I forgot he was not like real on screen. I trust they're going to do well with it, but it does kind of, it's in the back of my mind. Well, that and, and ego. You remember how good ego looked? You know, remember how good Pym looked in the flashbacks? You know, yeah. I, I think they've yeah. proven they can do de aging better than just about every, anybody. Oh, for sure. N- nobody's going to, nobody's touching this stuff. It looks way better than what was Home Dude and, um, in Star Wars, where they just CGI'd him completely. 
the guy who died, who was the commander or whatever that had died, and instead of recasting him, they just CGI'd him for the whole film. Remember, it was like a big controversy. I don't remember. You don't I, remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? We this was like a whole discussion about the morality around it. We even talked I, about. Well, it I remember. I remember with Leia because Leia looked terrible in no, that. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. In the Last Jedi, not the Last Jedi, the uh, Force Awakens. Oh, Moff, Moff Tarkin, or no? yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. but he was no, no. It must have been no. It was uh, it was Rogue One because they had that whole scene with with Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Rogue One. That's, that was that, not, was that wasn't movie. good either. No. True. <laughs> but I thought the way so, it was so much worse, so much more uncanny valley that that's the one that all, that imprinted in my brain. Yeah. 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 So uh, there have been so many misses doing this. Marvel has done it well, um, but it still makes me nervous. Your co-star is completely basically CGI'd. Now at least they have current day. Samuel Jackson has not passed on. Thank the Lord. So he's still there to give the performance for them to CGI over. Well, that and he doesn't uh, really look that much nervous. different than the face. You know, I mean, the hairline obviously. The, he's got two eyes, but he doesn't really look all that different between now and then. I thought. Mm, uh, eh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just saying it's something that I'm just saying now. If it's bad, it may take me out of the film. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Surely they recognize this, but them just scrolls saying. though. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. They they look phenomenal, right? That, that, they look exactly and, like yeah, the way a fucking scrolls look. Fantastic, yeah. And uh, you know, especially because I watched the Marvel shows, the TV shows, seeing the Kree get in play in a Marvel movie uh, also excites me because they, these guys really haven't done anything in the movies, right? They've only been in TV so far. The Kree or the scroll? The Kree. I mean, I mean, if you count Guardians, I mean. Are those all supposed to be Kree? All the blue bot guys? Are those supposed to be Krees? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But, but definitely like the core Kree, the, the, the fascists and everything. We haven't seen that in the no, movie no, so no, far. No. So I'm, I'm really excited because whether intentionally or not, you've got Coulson, you've got Kree. So this movie to some degree validates a lot of the stuff that I've been watching in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which makes me happy. But, but also, I mean, I just, I love the universe expanding. I love the period setting. I, I'm just really, really jazzed for this movie. I can't wait to see what they come up with. Yeah. And you know what? The, the, I, that's another thing too. The, the fact that it's taking place in the nineties or whatever. That's another thing too, where if they fuck that up, oh, it's going to take me out of the movie. I trust they're going to do fine with it, but you can't just say, Oh, the hook, here's a blockbuster. We're in the nineties. I mean, I, I, I like to be immersed in it. So immerse me in it. Yeah. Like, like you got to stranger things me too. You know what I mean? Cause stranger things was so good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, the most successful version of this has been Stranger Things, where they don't do the throw it in your face. Yeah, um, they, they just make everything period correct, and then don't make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like the temptations there for them to just be the look at our blockbuster, look at these V, woo woo, and then go back to just forgetting that they're supposed to be in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that's going to happen too. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just another thing that I'm saying for me personally could hurt this movie. Well, Hopefully, it's so good. Any sort of lapses, I, I just forget about, but. Well, as a dude, I totally missed this, but I have heard women point out that she really should have had the Rachel. Uh, she has 2010's hair, and they picked up on that immediately, that her hair is oh, not very sure. correct. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hair is going to probably be wrong. Yeah, that's right. Which makes me wonder, though, uh, maybe there's a time travel aspect to it? I mean, it's possible. I hope not. Eh, I don't really want time travel in these movies yeah, outside either. of the uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Time Gym. But I, I didn't even want time travel in that. I, I mean, I like the, that they played around with time a little bit, but I don't want to actually see decade jumping and stuff. Yeah, I, I guess playing with time is a little different than time travel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. But though we, there's a chance, there's a chance that it comes into play. But whatever. Yeah. So I would prefer it not. Here's the thing, too. When we started this podcast, one of the first things we covered was annihilation and. 
And that was an instance of them deciding that they wanted to do something with the cosmic characters after they'd laid follow for a while. And so they got them all together to do some stuff with them. And a lot of stuff came out of that, including Guardians of the Galaxy. When Guardians of the Galaxy got ported into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though, they basically kind of did their own thing with them. The characters that are seen in the movies don't necessarily reflect what's in the comic books. And so none of us have ever read Captain Marvel comic. And there's a part of me that's like, well, we should go ahead and do some, read some comics and do some research before the movie comes out. But there's another part of me that really feels like it's clear that they're going to do their own thing and that they're going to like the movie people. I don't think I think they've taken influences. They've taken inspiration from the comics, but I do think they're going to kind of do their own stuff with this movie. And so I'm actually very hesitant to read any Captain Marvel comics specifically because I want to be able to enjoy the movie on its own terms without coming at it from the comic book nerd. This isn't, you know, what was in the comics perspective. You know what? I think that's probably a pretty good point. And uh, what I would like to do is kind of do reverse. I'd like to watch the movie and then maybe read her origin and then compare and contrast. But I'm with you. I kind of think I want to see the movie first because the movies are going to be more important than anything she's done in the actual comics, right? Right. At a point in the 2000s, Marvel decided that they did not have enough strong female characters outside of X-Men. Most of the good ones were part of the X-Men universe and they'd lost them already to Fox. And I think that there was a concerted effort to take Carol Danvers and make her the Wonder Woman of the Marvel Universe. And it, it, they did a whole like five or six years with a male creative team and it didn't really go over very much where she was still being called Miss Marvel. And then they got Kelly Sue DeConnick, who was apparently the right creator. They turned, decided that it was time for her to be the Captain Marvel and stop jacking around with that and give her a costume that better reflected the, the, classic look of Captain Marvel's from going back to Marvel back in the 60s and 70s and that's when she finally started to build up a real fan base within the comics but there's a there was an element of politics to that where they decided they were going to make her happen and then worked until she happened in the comics so I'm not sure that you necessarily need to read the comics I think that hopefully the movie will be the apotheosis of this where they figured out what did and didn't work in the comics and they can just do the best movie possible taking the best elements from those comics so in I do think it'd be detrimental at least at first to read the comics and then see the movie I, I like let's go ahead and do it in reverse i think yeah I, I think i think you're right i've got no problem with that but i am curious i do want to read the comics mm-hmm. but i'm with you i, I don't want to taint my view of the movie by either reading a shit comic first or reading maybe a really maybe her origin is great and we just never realized it and then maybe the movie because of the tweaks to fit into the marvel cinematic universe tweaks it enough that we're kind of like eh, i wish they would have left that in because then it's affecting the movie and like i said the movie is really what's more important because the movie this is going to be this is going to affect the whole second this whole next phase of these films i would hate to read some a handful of miss marvel comics and have that totally affect the way i feel about the rest of these movies you know what i mean mm-hmm. so I, I would rather the movies are more important i said we watch the movie first but i would like to read captain marvel comics afterwards well one thing i do think we could do though if you're into it i would like to actually read some stuff with the early appearances of the scroll and the early appearances of the kree and maybe some of the early stuff with ronin to get a sense of who they were in the comics since they're we've already seen we've, we've been exposed to two of the three in the movies already anyway and we already know from comics we know who the kree are we know who the scroll are so i don't think that would affect how we react to the movie the same way it would with captain Marvel. So I think it'd sure. be nice to maybe read about them and maybe read a little bit of Marvel too. The Cap- you know, the, the male Captain Marvel. Because uh, yep. I don't think he's going to be relevant to the movie. Which is a shame in my opinion, but that's fine. Yeah. So we'll try to squeeze that in before March when this comes out. Okay, cool. Sounds like a deal. Permanent Marvel Maximus followers include Amelie Montour, Bob Rowland, Brian Cunningham, Bob at Captain Sulu, 
Checkered Pass Podcast, Class 1000, a Marvel Superheroes Live RPG, Cold Bananas, Comic Book Dude 85, For Screen and Country, a BFI Podcast, G.A. Sanchez, Gareth A. Hopkins, Grave Rules Podcast, Having the Talk, The Hoopers, Joe Kushner, Kabin Pitar, Let's Talk Martian Manhunter, Lost in Time, Major's Mess Hall Podcast, Paul Matthew Carr, Rich Hopkins, Robert J.C. Armstrong, Sam Johnson, Talking Alpha Flight, Talking Superheroes, Talking Swamp Thing, Toy Lab, and Wonder Woman the Animated Series. We got retweets from the Frantic One. Free, oh, sorry. Retweet Frantic Ones. I thought that was a fucking at Frantic Ones. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Hey, Twitter, stop confusing me. Um, we got retweets from Ange, Dario Oliveira. Oliveira or Oliveira? I have no o- idea. Oliveira. Jennifer DeRoss. Nathaniel Devon Sanford. The Randomitable. Siskoid. Talk Nerd to me and What If Podcast. Keepers of the Favorites Flame include Adam Blackmoon, Anime Freaks, Anime Nostalgia, Anthony Joseph Marciano, Loves Alternative Comics, Backseat Directors, Bob Buster, Bumwine Bobcat, Canoes, Chronosphere Fiction, Comic Crazy, Crazy Town Podcast, Daniel Blake, Doc Strange, El Cruz Gonzalez, Freebird, G.A. Sanchez, geek to me Radio, The Hammer Strikes, The Hoopers, IG-88, Jerry Whitford, sorry, Jerry Whitworth, uh, John Horsley, Justice First Dawn, Kaiser Leo, Longbox Crusade, Matt Stacy, Max Romero, The Nerd Rage Podcast, Nerdfix Strangers, Nexus of All, Nicole, Occam's Eraser, Paul Matthew Carr, Peter Terry Wynn, Podcast Partners, Professor Frenzy, Red Time for Bonzo, a Marxist Reaganist film podcast, Richard G. I know, I still am trying to work that out. Uh, Sean Michael Ortega, Sean Merrick, Scream Queen, Steve Sellers, Tara Rose, Terry Mayo, This Week in Film, Tony Destin, Twistile Productions, Varangian Vigilante, Words and Pictures, and Zena Schultz. The Marty Marvel, Mary Marvel, my change. How the fuck did I fuck that up? I've been waiting for you. Anyway. And what's sad, too, is Paquita just, like, murders that every time. I think she even throws out a Marty Marvel at some at various points. Now it's time for the Mary Marvel Marching Society. 20th Century Greek, The One Heart of the Sage, Ali Bats, Amy Stewart-Hale, Annie, Tor- Annie Torres, the antimatter version of Bill, Attilan Rising, Batnick, Hashtag Toilin, Bone Dragon Comics, Brody's Kitchen, CJ Fox, Caroline Wells. The Cinnabud Podcast, Coffee and Comics, Collected Edition, Daniel French, Fish Bonus Sound Design, Dirk Ashton, Ed Moore, Fair City Podcast, Fanhouse Podcast, Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop, Gregory Lichtenfield, History of Comics on Film, Ice and the Face, Jason Handelman, Jeffrey Brown, Joe Crawford, Just in Time with J&T Baggers, Keith G. Baker, KB Likes Comics, The List Game, Long Box of Darkness, Lost in Time, Man Brain Podcast, Marvel Mythos Podcast, Nazi Nubian nemesis nerd chatting. Uh, Nazis Nubian mini, n- Nazis Nubian nemesis and my favorite nerd chatting. Uh, just kidding, nerd chatting. We already made a joke. The nerd grounds underscore Jake, Randy Caldwell, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Richard Field, Secret Wars and the Beyond podcast. STU Parents, Tim Price and Notcaster. Tony Scipioni, Trailer Junkies podcast. The Wicked Righteous, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Yoarte. Sally, uh, our oh, first uh, comment. Uh, to, uh, Zach Sally, because it, it didn't come through. Uh, Zach Sally, I definitely said it. The Marvel Superheroes podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. The views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Let's laugh a little louder, grow forever greater. 
we can show you how to I was telling Frank that I don't know how our show is not more popular after listening to some other shows this past week. Well, what's funny, too, is as I've been running all the rolled spines, the, our ratings have gone down. No way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, part of it might be that some folks have listened to those episodes, but not a lot of people listen to them in the first place. So it's just, I, I don't know. Also, it may be that the subject matter, which I think <coughs> maybe contributed to our show in general is, you know, running Son of Satan episodes probably isn't really bringing the kids to the yard, that kind of shit. Uh, but good. yeah, it's a good episode. It's a fun yeah, episode. Though, yeah. I, one of my favorites right now. But we're going to need to roll out some like Spider-Man and Black Panther soon to kind of get those numbers back up again. Are we still going to fuck with people, though, with the whole weird sounds? And Of course, we're going to fuck okay, with people. It, it wouldn't be any fun if we weren't fucking with people because honestly dude i listen that would to, be selling out i listen to like three other podcasts like i tell you i listen to a lot of podcasts when i'm you know multitasking. Yes, please don't name names i won't but let's just say boring as fuck dude i'm like yeah. i'm sitting there and i'm like i give them 15 minutes 30 minutes max or i'll give them a whole show and i'm just like dude the one i heard that really got on my nose they had like three people and they're all talking about shows and one of them's like on the phone kind of like we do and but they sounded great so i'm like okay well this is and the guy talks with a very monotone voice mm -hmm. and uh today we're going to discuss uh, the significance of star wars in my life um, my father touched me inappropriately before i went to the theater but it left a lasting impression yeah and then they'll talk to me and i was just like actually sounds pretty pretty compelling that, that might be pretty solid yeah but uh no yeah, that was horrible I, i've been cutting back too it's i mean part of it is just in producing podcasts yeah. and i've been i uh, while i haven't been putting up a lot of stuff online yet i've been working a lot behind the scenes getting stuff ready for uh, some new shows we've got coming up but I, i've been coming back because it's just like there's a lot of stuff that i was listening to just because you know it was in the feed i was like yeah, yeah i'll listen to this listen to that uh, and partly it's that i'm just running out of time because people keep generating more and more shows but it's sort of like what happened with peak tv is there's there's still good podcasts out there but you're gonna have to there's only so many hours in the day so you kind of yeah. have to pick and choose and some some shows just are gonna lose so i i i get that if we're the show that gets cut sometimes because we can be assholes and uh, we can be boring sometimes not too often, but sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't... I've listened now. I enjoy the show. Well, you y'all might find me because I don't. I finally caught up. Like I started listening to him, and I'm like, dude, I, I don't remember saying this shit or us talking about this, but it's fucking funny as hell. And I'll sit there and I'll laugh about it. Um, yeah, I I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna. I thought I'm. I'm gonna try to start promoting us from a distance. Just, well, I mean, I we just don't, don't, we, we, don't. We we've, we've discussed this because me, me and Matt, yes, I talked to you about this earlier too. Is me and Mac have talked about this. <laughs> The more people that listen, the more likely you're going to have to deal with a bunch of assholes. No, that's true. Yeah, you and that. the people that we've got right now aren't assholes. They're they're pretty cool people. Uh, we don't get as many comments as we used to, but probably openly mocking them didn't help. But I, I enjoy the people that we talk to on Twitter and uh, Mac talks to on Facebook. It's like it'd be nice to have some more listeners, but at the same time, I don't want to be the one walking around with my hat, hat out going, please give me an iTunes review, please. I don't, I don't want to do that shit. So, hey, it, everybody, if you can head to iTunes, rate reviews on iTunes. Yeah, no, or don't. I, well, I, I don't. I don't write or review anybody on iTunes. Yeah, but so I can't. I, I can't ask other people to do shit that I don't. do. But also, but I also, even, I don't know what my login but, is. But to be also, honest with you. But also, but also, like, don't actively not do it, dude. Even if you want to hate on, well, I'm I mean, fine well, with no, that's just it. Is the people who hate on us are the only ones you live right, with. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but also, but like, also, like, we don't care if you don't. But also, go ahead and just go do it. Well, no, that, that, now you're just fucking. You know, you're you're you know, uh, yeah, yeah, giving mixed signals. Let's say, yeah, yeah. He's he's teasing. No, no, no. But yeah, but but like, go ahead and but. We're not going to give them any. No, of course not. Of course, I don't yeah, even, but, like I said, I don't even remember yeah, yeah. what my login is. I set up all this stuff. You I know, even, two years ago. I don't, I don't remember even any know. Of the logins. I don't even know what it and is. I've got two logins too. I could give you two reviews. I'm not going to do that. I don't even know what it is. But if you could just go ahead and go to iTunes. <laughs> 
and rate and review us. But we and just, just lightly it's, stroke it. But no, it's lightly. not. It's not just that though. You it, no, but lightly doesn't work. You need like you need hundreds of people to do that stuff, and that means you got to be sucking a lot of cock. And I, I, I don't have a cock sucking mouth. I'm sorry. You might think otherwise, <laughs> but I, I don't want the taste of all these people semen in my mouth. I just I can't do it. So wow, that went X-rated really fast. <laughs> I was trying to keep it PG-13. <laughs> I have to say, hey, why don't you guys head on over to iTunes and <laughs> give us a review on iTunes? See, Mac, on the other hand, will, will uh, Pour cradle, himself out. Will cradle your balls while he's working the shaft. Let me tell apparently. you something. Hey, listen, this is just between me and the listeners. I want <laughs> Frank and fix it. Just go ahead and turn off we'll your leave the room. We're leaving the room now. I just got a real private message for our listeners. Listener. <laughs> Can you guys just head on over to iTunes? It means so. It means so much to us. So much. If you would just head over to iTunes. And just gently type in that comment box, a positive review, and just click that five-star rating. Well, they can just like write yes it, and then five stars. It, apparently. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> yeah, why don't get your friends involved? Let's have a little fun. Let's have a little fun. Let's be we, experimental. We were part of that uh, comic book uh, small community, and we remember how if, if you germinate one, it slowly passes on to the rest. I don't know what that means. but Yeah, yeah. No, nah, dude, I remember somebody would – dude, I would have never known about Garthena's if it weren't for you. Well, and I, I passed that on to like three other people who are huge <laughs> Enos fans. <laughs> just saying. I'm well, just, I'm just going to go back to the iTunes part. 